0: 9 FM.
1: CITR, Voices of UBC.
2: You're listening to CITR Radio at 101.9 FM. This is the Arts Report broadcasting live from Unceded Musqueam Territory here in Vancouver and the UBC Point Grey campus. I am Lua, your host for today, and I'm here with Sarah. Hello. Cool. And so today's show will run a little bit differently, I guess. I think it will I think it will be fun um we're starting with a few reviews we'll start have an interview and then we'll end with a few other reviews because fringe we were able to see so many fringe shows and we want to tell you guys about them because there are just so many fringe shows it's so hard to you know it's impossible it's outright impossible to see all of them so we want you guys to have a better idea of what should you watch because fringe ends on the 15th so you still have time to watch a few shows if you want to Okay, so let's start with a review of Alice in Glitterland. Um, Sarah and I went to watch it together, and it's um, an immersive theater experience. It's obviously about Alice in Wonderland. It's a remake of Alice in Wonderland, Mm -hmm. but in this context, it's Glitterland. And Glitterland is kind of like a club where there's a lot of dance, a little bit of nudity, uh, not full nudity, just, like, yeah. a little bit of removal of clothing and, like, it's a little bit more plays with things that are considered taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... I'll give you that it was a uh, experience. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I don't know, I feel it w- definitely wasn't my greatest fringe experience, but it was definitely a very interesting experience that I would like to repeat knowing what i know now. Yeah. That's what i that's what i feel.
3: Uh-huh, that's true because when you first go in, this one is kind of leaves you
2: confused. Yeah, so uh it's happens uh, the Alice in Glitterland is happening in the Wise Theater until September 14th. Uh that's in East Van. And um, the Wise Theater is a very interesting, it's a very cool little venue. It has a bar in the back. It's kind of like a club slash theater. It has like an open space in the middle. And because this is an immersive theater, we can like walk around not only the space in the middle, but in the back, the dressing rooms, all of that.
3: Yeah, there wasn't seating. so.
2: But there was even like, a what's it called? The ball pit. Oh yeah, ooh, I <laughs> went in the ball pit. It was so fun. And all these spaces are technically open for everyone to explore, but this was not explained to me or to, to anyone, us, to in anyone general, yeah. that she could go anywhere. And so you walk in and what I was kind of expecting is that, wow, they're like all the characters come out, they do a like intro dance. And I thought that each character would kind of like grab a group of people and be like, follow me or you mm-hmm. know I something so to indicate where we should go or what we should do and there was nothing of the sort really and so I kind of just stood there for the first half an hour watching whatever happened in the space I was already in.
3: Yeah same I was just trying to understand what was going on and um, they really should explain that beforehand and also the briefing they did before we went in it was like uh, the actors uh, can give you food it may contain nuts they can give you something drink it could be alcoholic don't talk to them unless they talk to you but she said it's super fast and I was like okay what's going on cool okay and now we're in um what's going on yeah
2: <laughs> yeah. It was, it was all very rushed but I guess because we were one of the last people in as well yeah that's true that might be the case uh, I'm guessing that the people that went in earlier than we did probably got a better or longer explanation. Um, And I don't know. The thing is, at the end of the day, because I was somewhat familiar with Alice in Wonderland, I could understand Mm -hmm. overall what was going on. But at the same time, I wish I had reviewed my Alice in Wonderland. Um, Yeah,
3: same. Like, for example, I didn't know which some of the characters were. I only understood Alice, the Mad Hatter, and the rabbit. And the other ones lua explained to me and i was like oh that makes sense Because yeah. the
2: flowers the white queen the red queen yeah cheshire cats yeah um you, you, the caterpillar
3: Hmm. you really should yeah and like on. and the
2: thing is like because i ended up staying on the main space a lot of the times there's constant music going on and the music is kind of cues for the actors to do certain things mm-hmm. which i thought was really great because the songs i love the songs yeah. the soundtrack was absolutely amazing like I was dancing to it too. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> vibing." But at the same time, it was um, how do I put this into words?
3: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you want to say. So
2: <laughs> I want to say that it was great. The music was great, and all that was great. But because I stayed in the main area that was so large and. The music was constantly played. I have a difficult time hearing
0: things mm-hmm. just in general.
2: That when they did speak so that I could understand the story, like what part of the story we were in, I couldn't f- actually hear them. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a me issue, if that's a space issue. Like, I know I have a difficult time hearing. Like, sometimes I do have a hard, really, really hard time hearing and in w- bigger spaces. And so that might be a me thing. But it was very difficult for me to follow when people were talking because I physically could not hear yeah, them yeah,
3: yeah the same thing happened to me one of the um characters actually like pulled me into the ball pit and she was talking to me there she was telling a story and I had no idea what she was talking about and I just nodded and just smiled and then she left I was like, what just happened yeah so that that could be improved definitely
2: so I think Overall, Alice in Glitterland was a fascinating experience that I actually do want to repeat. Now that I know everything that I Mm -hmm. know, I do want to go back. I feel kind of like I might go back, maybe, um, and rewatch it and re-experience it in a way that I actually am able to follow one of the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, This experience in particular wasn't the greatest Fringe experience I've ever had. Um, It was definitely... It made me uncomfortable at times not to be in the space, but because I was so confused on what was was going on. But I think now knowing what I know and knowing that maybe I just should choose a character and follow them around and see where that goes Yeah, and see how they interact with other people.
3: Mm -hmm. Also, can I point out, um, there was a woman with her child uh, at the event. Don't bring your child. Yeah, it's not fit for children. Yeah, no. this is not a...
2: Ch- it was a matinee. That's probably why they brought their yeah. children, the child. Um, this was not a baby, guys. This is yeah. like... A, yeah. Maybe a, a 10-year-old, know, 12-year-old. Yeah, 10, 12-year-old. 12. Um, but still, it's a very... There are moments where the choreography becomes very sexual and so... I wouldn't recommend this for children. This is definitely not a space for children. Although the matinee was not 19 plus, it is not something for younger audiences. This is definitely for a mature audience. This is like a club environment. And I can see definitely the appeal of this same um, show at a 19 plus event, Mm -hmm. which they usually most of their shows are 19 plus as a heads up because they do have alcohol um and i definitely can see the appeal of that like i kind of want to go back and have that experience yeah
3: the 19 plus experience yeah same
2: um just because it sounds very fascinating mm-hmm. and now knowing everything i know i think it would be so great
3: yeah it'd be much better
2: but yeah i think overall allison glitterland if you want to watch it it's definitely worth the watch but beware be prepared for what you're going to get into Mm
3: -hmm. yeah a lot of standing (laughs) (laughs) a lot of standing yeah if
2: you're not comfortable with standing for long periods of time this is also not a show for you um they do have accessible um
3: seating on the stage actually yeah Yeah. they
2: do have um if uh, they can do accessible accommodations if you need so oh yeah you just have to tell them beforehand Mm -hmm. And so this was Allison, this is a review of Alice in Glitterland which is happening until September 14th and yeah in the Vancouver Fringe Festival. So that was one of the many shows we watched. <laughs> um, this week I also watched How to Really 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 Love a Woman. And we're going to actually have an interview with Ele- Eleanor who is the main and only character. This is a one woman show oh. later on today. I'm very excited to talk about her, but, uh, this show, how to really, really, really love a woman, excuse my language, is, I'm going to use some, just, yeah, just a warning on the language I'm going to use, like, literally right now, it's overall a show about eating pussy, oh my god, (laughs) it's literally a show about eating pussy, um, And so I will not use this language anymore. Just, yeah, I just wanted to say that i right, the first time. And then, okay, now now I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also a very sex-positive show. And it's not only a show for women. It's a show really for anyone. And I think the greatest thing after... Well, I'm going to first talk about how I felt after I left the show and what the show was about. And then after what the show was about. So um, leaving the show, I just have this overall sensation of peace um as if finally all of the feelings that i had been feeling for so so long were put into words and i could oh. finally understand some things within me that i was never able to f- formally verbalize before and it was just such a overwhelming sense of peace and like belonging and feeling accepted that just for that fact, I recommend the show for anyone that is owns a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> anyone that doesn't own a vagina, female-identifying people. Uh, just overall, it is a show about self-love. It is a show about positive body positivity. It is a show about sex positivity. And so, if you are uncomfortable with explicit language, this might not be the show for you, but it does use explicit language in a way that is very approachable, and it's very wholesome in the end of the day. Um, so basically, the show goes, Eleanor, uh, who I don't think is named throughout the play, it's, this is a one-woman show when she basically plays her own character throughout talks about is well this is in the future like 2050 or 2030 oh. and like the great the great awakening has happened where everyone has found the inner goddess in them and That's amazing. god <laughs> is a woman <laughs> basically and so everyone is like she's as if she's preaching to us and we are the church mm-hmm. and she's the preacher of the oh. new of the new thing but it kind of is a back and forth between this future and her own personal experiences mm-hmm. and so it goes it's a very lighthearted it's very funny at times it's very touching at times as well um when she talks about experiences with friends um experienced sexual abuse or um not necessarily even sexual abuse but Things that are considered taboo in sex that are, are actually shouldn't be taboo and are just hindering female health mm-hmm. in general. Um, for example, she was talking about one of her friends, uh, which who after had sex for the first time kept bleeding and bleeding and bleeding oh. because um, her boyfriend at the time had accidentally perforated her, her her lining, her vaginal Whoa. lining. Because a lot of times sex education becomes porn, and porn is not adequate sex education. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of the many, many extremely important reasons that sex education needs to be taught and needs to be taught well, not only about reproduction, but about pleasure. Mm-hmm. And porn isn't the way to go. <laughs> At the end of the day, porn is not the way to go. And she touches on. A lot of the things about female insecurity and how like there's like this explicit language again, cock, <laughs> um, worship where like, oh, if you suck a dick, it's very common. Like everyone sucks dick, right? Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to give him pleasure, give him pleasure, give him pleasure. And that women end up feeling so uncomfortable with their own bodies because it's like, oh, do we smell? Does he do I look good from this angle? Like, mm-hmm. can he see my belly rolls? Like all these things that we shouldn't feel self-conscious about things that are normal like men aren't caring most of the time that you know if we see they have hair or like their pubic hair or their tummy rolls or Mm -hmm. anything like that so we shouldn't either like we are human and that's normal and at the end of the day it was just such an amazing show and i will talk a lot more about it once uh, we have this interview but you know that's my overall sensation mm-hmm. of it. And I was just I was just really happy yeah. to watch it. Um and yeah. So wow, yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> me talking and part of the reason is because um we kind of wanna get rid of my talking so that Sarah can do all her no. reviews. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, it's gonna be Lua and then
2: <laughs> Sorry, usually we would like mix and match but today We've got some circumstances happening here in the studio that we mm-hmm. got to just get through me to get to her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. That was so much talking. It's actually time for our first <laughs> PSA and ad break. So let's do that. And then when I come back, we're gonna, I'm going to do my last review and then we're going to have an interview. And then more reviews, yeah, because honestly, this show is a fringe fest. This is the fringe fest show (laughs) today. Cool, um, see you guys in a bit.
1: Every time I catch the flu, I dream of how many pounds I might lose. CITR 101.9 FM and Discorder Magazine are excited to present. Bridal Party's debut album, Too Much, coming out on Kingfisher Blues. Join us at the release show at the Waldorf Hotel, Friday, August 23rd, with opening acts, Bord Décor, Babe Corner, and DJ Paisley Eva. Tickets are available at showpass.com, Redcat, Neptune, and Zulu Records.
2: Welcome to UBC Theatre and Films 2019-2020 season, a season subscription filled with passion and power. The shows this year are Beckett 19, or Some Such
3: Semblance, by Samuel Beckett, directed by Gerald Vanderwood.
2: Timothy Finley's The Wars, adapted by Dennis Garnum, directed by Lois Anderson.
3: The Changeling, by
2: Thomas Middleton and William Rowley, directed by Luciana Sylvester Fernandez. Old Stock, a refugee love story, created by Hannah Moscovich, Christian Berry, and Ben Kaplan. A Push Festival co production. And finally, Revolt, She Said, Revolt Again by Alice Birch, directed by Sloan Thompson.
1: Advantages to subscribing you enjoy the Push International Performing Arts Festival show at a considerable
2: discount. You get naked cinema for free, half price, prepaid parking, consistent and cheaper seats. Consider booking for opening nights and join us for the reception.
1: For more information and to subscribe, visit us at theaterfilm.ubc.ca.
2: And we're back. And so, yeah, okay, for my last review (laughs) of the day, I watched The Robber's Bright. Wow, okay, Mm -hmm. let's try that again. The Robber Bridegroom, a grim fairy tale um we also had an interview oh yeah i was gonna say
3: this is the one that we had the interview right okay
2: yeah about the puppets (laughs) um this is not a kid's show again please don't take your child for this one um it was really creepy um i'm i'm in love with the show honestly i just wish the show was longer the ending was slightly abrupt and i was kind of like oh oh okay we're 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 done now Mm -hmm. can i like watch more (laughs) that was literally my sensation i was like can i can i just like watch more can you guys like do more for me (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted to keep watching it um so yeah this was a puppet show this was actually i think my first grown person puppet show Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the ever the first puppet show i've been to like after you know I'm not a kid anymore.
3: Yeah. And I don't think I've ever been one. Yeah.
2: And there is something about puppets that is just so fascinating. They have a humanity to them. And they are just so beautiful. And, like, although you're seeing the people that are moving them, you get so pulled into the story and their little movement and, like, all these little, like, little delicate techniques that all of it honestly like it just faded for me like it faded completely into the background and I could I was living through those puppets um and so the most interesting thing is that actually when that I wasn't expecting the puppets didn't talk at all it was basically a show that had very few to very very few words like there was very little talking And that did not take away from it at any point in time. Um, The puppets, actually, they communicated mostly like, huh, ha, you know, like those breathings. And like, I could see, like, I could feel the puppet breathing (laughs) through their puppeteer. And it was just such an amazing experience um, to see that. Like, that's just something you don't see often. And like, to experience that... I was just really transported back to a moment, like, where everything was just so much easier and everything was just so light. But at the same time, it's such a creepy show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's such a creepy show. It's a show that is very, very... It's a horror story, basically. It's a fairy tale, but it's, like, an old-timey fairy tale. And it's a horror story. It deals with death and, like... You know, like, there's these moments where I'm so tense. My heart was pounding with this puppet that was on stage. And my heart was pounding watching her go into the situation that I was like, no, (laughs) please, come back. Don't do this. (laughs) And she didn't speak the entire time, and I was just so connected to a puppet. It was almost a very uncanny feeling where it seems... Very So uncanny, for anyone that doesn't know, is an art term. Um It's basically when you see something that is basically perfect, but something's off. The same way that when you look at a wax figure, you're like, this is, looks really real, yeah. but there's something off about it. And so this entire show had moments of uncanniness to it that added to the suspense that was being built and that added to this entire, this, this incredible amount of tension that I felt. And I think everyone in the theater was kind of like holding their breath in to see what was going to happen next. Um, it was a really great show. I just wish it was longer so I could see these puppets perform for longer because honestly, puppet, the puppeteers, I want to applaud them. You are amazing um it it, there is such a talent involved with being a puppeteer I don't think I would ever be able to do it and to see it done so professionally so beautifully so enticing was just literally at points I had tears to my eyes because I was like this is so beautiful Mm -hmm. um so who, for those who doesn't know, a little bit of background story on Brothers Grimm, the brother uh, that we talked about last time with uh, with um, when we had the interview. Uh, the Brothers Grimm, basically, they took fairy tales. They didn't write, like they didn't come up mm-hmm. with most of these fairy tales. These fairy tales were mostly from oral, oral traditions, um, oral traditions told by women. And so to subverse the Grimm's brother, it's a grim grim fairy tale but it's not a grim grim brothers fairy tale which i thought was really cool mm-hmm. because th- at the end of the day the story is told by three sisters and so they are the grim sisters oh yeah so it kind of like comes back to the oral tradition of uh women telling stories and telling cautionary tales and you know mm-hmm. where is the dream where is re- reality um, are they witches? Are they really there? They were very, to me, if you ever watched Macbeth or no have read Macbeth, where the three witches come up in the yeah. beginning of the play to warn Macbeth of his demise, um, that was what it felt like. Oh, okay. And from the very beginning, like once you establish that mood, you keep that <laughs> mood throughout. And it was kept so well that I think like the beginning was like the least tense point. And okay. it just like went up from there. And I was just like, oh my god, how, I can't breathe. <laughs> how long was it? It was uh, an hour long, 55 okay. minutes, not oh. even an hour long. Which is why I'm like, I want to watch more. Mm-hmm. It was a relatively short play. Um, the bulk of it was with the puppets. Um, but there were moments of people. And it was kind of like the puppets were the dream slash reality. okay, And then we go back to people and kind of like fade in and fade out of these two. Um, realities and they work together so beautifully um and I would love to s- just if you can't go watch the show um, check out their um, their sh- their images because the images are beautiful we are posting them on our instagram and social media and facebook um, after the show uh, the images will give you such a beautiful idea of what the puppets look like Mm -hmm. that is just that's just something I want to share like these puppets gave me so much life in a very (laughs) weird way (laughs) like to see them brought to life and there were moments where like one of the puppets kind of like died or like was like left and to see the difference between the puppet that was still between the puppet that was being animated was such a stark contrast and it was so uncanny because it was just like this beautiful like is the puppeteers are literally breathing life mm-hmm. into this doll and then to see the doll just laying down it was it was a very interesting experience um chimera theater the did an incredible job i definitely want to watch more like i i want to watch the other shows they've done mm-hmm. in the past and i want to watch their shows in the future because if this is the level of quality they're putting on constantly man is it worth it um this is a very unique show this is a very interesting show and i'm so so happy that i got the chance to watch it and to share with you guys this experience because at the end of the day we are here to you know let let our listeners know that there are so many amazing things out there and Mm -hmm. that you don't have to limit yourself to you know staying at home um yeah, and fringe is still going on, so it's definitely possible to catch it. And it was just a blast. It was a late night show that I caught. Um and even then it was it w- wasn't heavy. But, like I mean it was heavy in the sense it was tense within the story, but it wasn't like it didn't make me I didn't leave with a sense of like oh my god, I feel the weight of the, sh- oh. the world in my shoulders, mm-hmm. right? Cause, and that's great. Like I never want to most of the time. Sometimes I do. But most of <laughs> the times I don't want to leave a show, especially if it's late night. Uh, with feeling that I have the weight on my sh- of the world on my shoulders because mm-hmm. I want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so, actually, this is something I wanted to talk about, um, and I think that's part of the reason we do the show we do and why we do the things we do here at the Arts Report is um, so many people are like. This was something that I was thinking last night and I wanted to share. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) let's
3: hear it. (laughs) Sorry.
2: (laughs) Not sorry. No. (laughs) Um, But like so many times we think that, you know, oh, I just need a break from the city or I just need a break from this life. I just need a break from these things. And it's like, oh, I need to go on vacation, but I don't have the money to go on vacation. And like, you just feel trapped and stuck. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, once you start treating your life like a vacation of sorts where you go out of your way to sometimes go to a show do Mm -hmm. touristy things you know like not just oh i'm tired i'm just gonna stay home be like no i'm tired i want to have a positive experience it's just gonna change your life so much
3: yeah yeah yeah. it does no but you're you're right because before i joined the arts report um during my first year here I didn't see any shows I think I went to see one like Ballet BC show that was it and it felt so bad I was like you know what I, want, I, I miss theater, I miss dance, I want to see them. Why I'm not doing that? And the city was so much, like with the school and the people on campus, I don't do crowds really well, so it was really a weight on me. But then I started doing the art support <laughs> and that way I got to see so much stuff. And like last week I had to go to East Van to see two shows in the same day and i was like you know what i'm really tired i want to stay home and sleep but i'm not gonna <laughs> and i'm gonna go to east Bend, take those two buses and enjoy the heck out of this
2: and it was a great experience yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like i think my overall motif is go out of your way to do something you enjoy um I know, like life is a burden. Like we're all busy. There's so much going on all the time, and like we need, we all need those moments of disconnection. And theater and dance and gallery exhibitions are those moments of disconnections, at least for me. Mm-hmm. And I think for many, many other people too. Um, and I just hope, really, truly hope that um, you got you whoever's listening to us takes these opportunities out there Vancouver is so filled with so many things to do and to see and to experience that you'll never if you're actually out there looking for things you will never run out there's always something going on and once you start treating your life your city like your vacation and actually you know seeking those experiences Mm -hmm. you know like when you're on vacation you don't go to the other side of the world to stay in a hotel and sleep yeah no. you <laughs> like, see
3: yeah you see the city, city you look at what there's to see like shows or what experiences they have
2: or even just walk around the city and yeah. see like the buildings like there's so much to Vancouver that is sometimes so easy to forget um, and so yeah that's, I think that's that's my that's my moral of the story <laughs> um sorry that's, if that was that's, that's good <laughs> that's the tea guys just, <laughs> oh my god
3: <laughs> no shade i'll tee you okay
2: <laughs> but yeah um so now we're gonna have a little pre-recorded interview with um eleanor from how to really 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 love a woman I'm very excited about this um and so yeah cool nice awesome. <laughs> And then we'll have a little quick PSA break right afterwards. And then we're going to come back and we're going to hear about some three other French shows. Um, yeah. And then one uh, non-French show. Non-French show, which is going on for longer. Yeah. If you want to catch it. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah. So I'll We'll be back in like a bit. <laughs> Hello everyone, this is Lua, and I am here on the phone with Eleanor from How to Really, Really, Really Love a Woman. It was a really great show, I was so happy I could watch it, and like you guys heard before in the review that we had earlier on the show today, it is a very sex-positive show. And so, Eleanor, (laughs) do you want to say hi to everyone?
0: Hello everyone, (laughs) it's such a a delight to be here.
2: Well, thank you so much for taking your time and having this interview with us. And I wanted to start with, your show talks a lot about, well, first, the future and your personal experiences, and what did it feel like to, you know, come out with these personal experiences in a show that is so raw and deeply personal in the end, and why did you decide to, you know, share these stories?
0: Well, I think, I think of myself, honestly, as a professional vulnerable and what I mean by that is, I feel like part of my job as an artist is to speak the unspeakable, to talk about the things that uh, often reside in silence and in you know, um, and and in and secrecy. And and as I think we, we know at this point, if things stay secret, they be it's really a place where shame can fester. So the reason I make sex-positive theater and theater that talks about sexuality is to shed some light on these topics so that people feel permission to talk about them in their own lives. And for me, you know, even though I grew up in a, in a pretty sex-positive family and I had a feminist mother, I still struggled into my 40s, you know, I'm 47 now, with, with shame around my genitals. And it just, it made me so sad that I had such a hard time with receiving pleasure and feeling like I deserved it. You know, and, and I, I really grew up with that idea that, you know, male orgasm is really important and you have to be good at blowjobs and your pussy has to be tight and, you know, you have to be fuckable. But that's, I'm sorry if I'm saying things on the air I'm not supposed to say, but um, <clears throat> that is, uh, I felt like that was so prevalent for me and for so many women who, and, um, and so it felt really important to me to create a show that helped me personally move through those issues and move to a place of freedom and, and that I felt like could help other people as well. And, and also not just women, but men, too, with their own like, you know, because I think a lot of men get hung up in like technique and they have to, you know, know how to, you know, touch a woman and they have to know where the G-spot is and the clitoris is. And, you know, that to me is all secondary To being present and to listening, like that's really what's missing, I think, from so much sex is that sense of presence and curiosity and willingness to learn and be open and not feel like, you know, everything. Does that help?
2: I (laughs) want to I I said this before earlier in the show, um, and I'm going to say it again, but um, you put into words a lot of things that I have felt for a really long time and I had no idea I could verbalize them and I left your show with such a sense of peace of like finally understanding certain things that I was like oh actually this finally makes sense um but I think you're accomplishing your goal there um for sure but um my other question is why the where does the idea of making as if you're preaching to us um in this new religion come
0: from mm-hmm. and why did you decide to do that mm. well i really liked the idea that there was a massive shift in culture and i think so much of our uh, and thanks for that question it's actually that's one i've never been asked before and um and i think as i as i'm processing that question through my head i think part of it is the idea that so much of our beliefs and our culture do come from religion Um, you know, from our, like, Protestant past. Uh, So I liked the idea of digging even further into our historical past as humans, where, you know, as a species, it was such an incredibly widespread thing that we, uh, you know, as human animals, worshipped a a, a goddess figure, and and that we lost that around 5,000 years ago. Uh, when language came into being, and then and, and the written language is what I'm referring to, and we, we really shifted towards a more patriarchal culture across the globe. So part of what I'm trying to do is uh, shift us back in the other direction uh, to honoring the divine feminine, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I love the idea, and it's funny, you know, I realized my very first show, um, Dominatrix for Dummies, which I ran here in Vancouver in 2005, also ends with um, originally ended with me trying to start my own religion of um, <clears throat> openness and permissiveness called the Church of Yes, <laughs> and uh, and as I rewrote that show, uh, I took that idea out and it became more of a um, a, a show where I, I lead a, um, a a seminar on radical self lust. But um, <clears throat> I think part of it is me trying to step into the role of leader. And, and cheerleader for this new way of thinking and being. And, and so I think of that character that opens and closes the show uh, as kind of a revival leader um, that's trying to get everyone on board with this, this new idea. Um, which is kind of ironic because i you know I did grow up agnostic, and i i 've never been a church goer, so <laughs> so it 's kind of me you know my my own personal idea of what I would like to have in a church you know <laughs> where where you 're encouraged to masturbate and you 're encouraged to feel pleasure, and that 's you know seen as a gift from the goddess and so I, I think that 's where that comes from is is like uh you know yeah just wanting wanting to give people permission you know from not only personal, but sort of cultural permission that we all agree that this is a good thing, you know?
2: Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, And How to Really, Really Love a Woman is not a show you produced for the Vancouver French, um, correct? And so how long has it been going on, and has it changed over time?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So I I wrote it um, this past year. I premiered it in Portland, where I'm from, in uh, February, and I did, uh, like, a three-week run, and um, and then I, I did a run of it in Seattle before I came here and, uh, and I had taken it to Ashland. And um, so I was really actually quite nervous to bring it to a fringe because in my hometown, you know, I've been doing sex positive theater for over decades. So I, I have a following. So when people come to my shows, they kind of know what to expect. And my fear with doing it here was that, you know, people would just come because it happened to fit into their fringe schedule, and then they would be really horrified and uncomfortable at what they ended up experiencing. <laughs> I'm sure uh, some people were. <laughs> I'm sure they were, yeah. I had a guy who came up to me after my last show yesterday. He's like, that was really uncomfortable, and I'm so glad I thought. <laughs> so, um, so yes. Um, and, and, and it, it you know, sometimes it does, it feels too fringy for the fringe, you know, because, it's funny, I, I go to see other shows that are about, you know, sexuality in the fringe, but they're kind of a different feel. It's sort of more comedic, like, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of thing. And I feel like this show is actually pretty, pretty raw and real and authentic. And it's, uh, it's not always what people expect, you know. I mean, I think there are, you know, definitely comedic parts to this show. There has to be, you know, to relieve the, the tension of talking about sex which i think does make people uncomfortable because we don't talk about it um but uh yeah it's it's um it's freaking scary lua it's scary to do this show um i I feel it every time i do it and i because you know i mean i'm a people pleaser i want the audience to be comfortable and laughing and having a good time and uh so you know when when people are quiet and reserved, you know, there's a part of my brain that's constantly thinking like, Oh, are they okay? Is this all right? You know, am I, is this too much? Should I go faster? You know? Um, so it's a, it's a balance. And I have to, I really have to remind myself as an artist, like this is important, you know, and you have to trust the material that you've written. Um, but yeah, it it, it has changed over time. Um, you know, (laughs) The, there's this this scene in the show where I go down on a woman for the first time, right? And um, and when I, you know, I first wrote that, uh, <laughs> I almost don't want to say I, it was it was even more explicit than it is now. Oh. and, uh, and, and I, I had to, um, I, I I was uncomfortable, so I, I tailored it to my own level of comfort, which is it's still pretty pretty uh, explicit, yeah. <laughs> it so, is. <laughs> but I think it's explicit yeah, yeah. in a tasteful way. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's hard to know, right? Because we don't have very many examples in our culture of talking about sexuality, you know, as a joyful thing, as a pleasurable thing. As an open of, way. Right, outside of porn, right? So it's like sexuality has been ghettoized into porn you know, because you you were shut down on so many platforms, you know, you can't talk about it on Facebook, you can't talk about it on Instagram, you know, I couldn't even get my emails through to the Georgia Strait. Like, I I sent them five different emails with my press release, all of which were blocked. And, and I think it's because of the subject matter and the name of my company being Duke Naked Productions. And, and it's like that is becoming more and more common now in our culture. And so I think that that shows like this are really important because they're just fewer and fewer places where we get to learn about sex. So that's my, that's my soapbox.
2: <laughs> no, I think there, there's definitely something there. Um, uh, it was something else I talked about earlier in the show as well, that um so much of our sex education is porn and it shouldn't be yeah. that way. Um, they are not really probably shouldn't. learning anything good from porn unless, you know, it's oh. ethical porn. That's, But even so, even that type of porn, there's nothing in Calgary wrong with porn. But even then, it's so hard to access it. Um, And so I think two things were really important for me in watching your show. And I think one of them was, you know, having this conversation that doesn't really often happen. And the other thing that I, I think you just said that you just said that I am really glad you shared is that you're scared and that you're also uncomfortable as somewhat in
0: talking mm-hmm. and being in mm-hmm. this position
2: and i think that's something that so many people w- can relate to and mm-hmm. i'm so glad you share that um yeah. and so overall i'm guessing the reception has been good how have you been feeling with vancouver french specifically since it's
0: outside of your usual comfort zone right um you know i've been really actually quite delighted um you know, I've had some pretty full houses, and, uh, and, and, and even the small houses, there's been what I think of as the true believers, you know, people who are clearly really into it and come up to me afterwards. And you know what's been lovely, Lua, is I've gotten a number of emails from people uh, who just tell me what a difference it's made in their lives. And it's so rewarding. I can't tell you, I just got one yesterday from this woman who said, you know, that she finally feels like, she's been able to explain to her husband why she was so uncomfortable receiving all these years and that, you know, they've been able to talk about this need for safety and for slowing down and, and that her experience was so parallel to mine of having, you know, he was eager and enthusiastic, but never really listened to what she wanted, you know, so I get emails like that almost every day. And that has, it, it, you know, the, even if I have a small audience of, you know, 20, 25 people, it's it, like, I, I really trust that the message is getting out to those who need to hear it. And, and it's been, it, that is the most glorious feeling. When you feel like your art actually made a difference, a real difference in somebody's life, life in, a, in a tangible way, that's pretty, pretty frickin' thrilling. So I'm so glad I came to this fringe. I'm so glad.
2: Yeah. And do you have thoughts of returning to Vancouver or touring around Canada with the diff- with the show or a different show in the future?
0: You know, we'll, we'll see. I um I love the Canadian French system. Um, you know, I've I've done it a number of times, like where I you know toured all the way across from Montreal to Vancouver, and um. And we'll see. You know, this has been a real learning curve for me, this fringe. I'm scared to take this show to places like Winnipeg and Saskatoon. Um, I'd be totally honest. Like, I don't know if it's going to – a it's a right fit for those fringes. Maybe Edmonton, maybe Montreal. Um, but I, I, I trusted that Vancouver has enough of that kind of West Coast, you know, sex positivity that I'd find an audience here but I, I i don't i don't know i mean i'll oh i feel like i'll always come back to the fringe because it's such a um i mean i come up to this fringe every year regardless of whether or not i have a show because i love to see the shows and it's such an exciting thing in the u.s we just don't have anything like it um so i'll definitely be back i don't know if i will take this show on tour but <laughs> i guess that's my <laughs> my my answer right now we'll see Awesome. Yeah.
2: And do you want to remind us when the show is happening and where else yes. can it be found?
0: So there's two more shows. I have a show this um, this Thursday night at 8.30, and then Saturday's my last show at 9.05. And right now, during the run of this fringe, I've made the show free to download, and you can find it on my Patreon, um, which is, uh, you know, Patreon backslash Dance Naked. The funny thing about Patreon is you can't go in and... Um, <laughs> you can't like go into their search engine and look for it because it's behind an adult firewall. But you can Google um, Dance Naked Productions and Patreon and find me, which is kind of nice. and uh, And it's free. Um, it's an hour long show. Uh, the instructions are on the, on the Patreon post. I, I, I offered it as a birthday present to everybody because on my birthday I decided to make it free for a month. So um, so I extended that through the Fringe. So anybody who sees it or, or hears about it can can go down and download it and. You know, if, if it makes you uncomfortable to be in the theater with other people, I totally get it. <laughs> Some people, you know, I mean, I definitely think everything's better live, but it is a really good video production quality. I, I, I paid quite a bit of money to have a four-camera shoot done, so it, it looks pretty good. It look, You know, I feel like it kind of looks like a Netflix special, so I'm pretty proud of it. So, yes, awesome. it is available. Well,
2: I'm happy to watch it then.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a great experience Thank the first time. Thank you so much for <laughs> coming. I'm I feel so honored to have you ha- actually come to see it. So thank you so much.
2: Yeah. we try, Every fringe, we try to do our best with covering, you know, as many shows as we can. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it comes down to the shows that catch our attention. it comes down to the shows that we think there's something mm-hmm. there. There's something extra there. And mm-hmm. just by the title, I was like, how to really, really, really love a woman. I was like, hmm, yes. <laughs> that sounds interesting. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> something <know> that- <laughs> everyone should learn. <laughs>
0: Right. I mean, the the original title I have to say it was "The Cult of Canalingus but I realized that. <laughs> oh yeah, that that wouldn't really go over so well in a fringe program, so I changed it.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> I agree. The "How to Really, Really, Really Love a Woman" is a great title. Um, thank you. <laughs> but thank you so much for calling me and having this interview. It is great to hear your side of how it was to prepare and how it was to write the show, um, mm-hmm. and not only thank the review. You. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you so much, and I do think, that, yeah, I do think your show is very important. And it's putting out message out there that we don't have enough off. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah,
0: bless you. Thank you so much. What a joy. Bye-bye. All right.
2: Bye bye. Bye. creative outlet. How on earth can I channel everything that's inside of me? You know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? Pardon me? Yeah, you can illustrate for Discorder magazine or take photographs of events and artists and they can teach you how to use Photoshop in their media lab. That is so exhilarating. It fills my soul with lightning. Yeah, just email volunteer at CITR.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Um, we're back, and we're going to hear more reviews, as <laughs> yes. we said before. So, Sarah.
3: Hello. So, I am going to be reviewing three shows. I'm starting with Love Songs for Future Girl by Zach Adams. It is a friend show. All of the thing uh, shows I'll be talking about are fringe shows. So, this was a one-man show slash concert. So, Zach Adams was talking about his recent breakup uh, with his fiancée. And then wow. so, yeah, Tough. that's rough. <laughs> yeah. And so after that, he gets into, you know, all the girls that he's been in love with. Oh, wow. And he... I would,
2: would not like to go down at memory lane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that is a memory lane.
3: But it like starts from elementary school.
2: So it's funny.
3: <laughs> um, and then he is, sings songs for each girl. And they're super funny. Um, he is australian so it's really cool to hear his accent while he's talking (laughs) 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 um okay i have to say the show was really funny it was the funniest thing i have ever seen in vancouver let's say (laughs) and um it was the best fringe fringe show i've seen you should definitely go see it um But the only thing I want to say is that he was talking a little fast because he was also playing the guitar while he was talking. So he was, you know, keeping the rhythm. Um, So if you think it'll be hard for you to understand um, his, you know, accent accent mixed with uh, the like how fast he talks, um, maybe reconsider or go and just laugh at the songs because he is super funny i laughed so much i thought i was gonna pee my pants honestly (laughs) it's amazing and like the sad thing is there weren't even a lot of people in a show like uh, in the audience so you know more, more people have to see this more people have to be you know laughing at this man he was amazing. laughing
2: at this man no,
3: with this man. I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> My English isn't so good um also funny thing he so um, he interacts with the audience, but not like you know having a conversation or something, so maybe he's like continuing a joke, and he looks at you, so you feel it it becomes more personal, and you feel like oh, he's making the joke with me like to me that's so that's that's really cool i like it it personally god i can't speak today i'm sorry you're good Uh, (laughs) thanks okay so should i pass on to the moaning yoni um the moaning yoni again a fringe show this was a one woman show but this wasn't like Zach Adams's, so Zach Adams wasn't playing any characters. He was just being himself and talking to the audience and singing. And the Moaning Yoni, um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Joylyn, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, I think it's Joylyn. So, yeah.
2: Joylyn Secunda.
3: Fun she's a UBC graduate. Yeah, that's what I was about yeah. to say. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so, The Moaning Yoni, uh Joylyn plays 17 characters in this. And wow. the brilliant thing is you clearly understand what character she's
2: playing without switch of char- costumes or anything no,
3: like that. No, she's wearing the same thing throughout the whole show. She doesn't even go into the wings and like come back or do anything like that. Just the way she did it. It's so amazing. You have to go see it. And she also plays her um, her character's yoni in this. So that, that's interesting. <laughs> and so, for
2: those of you who don't know, yoni is another word for vagina.
3: Yep. <laughs> um, so what happens or in the show is basically she is playing this character that is um, trying to fit in. So the show starts with a yoni healing circle. <laughs> and then um, the, like, the person... Um, conduct in this circle gives an elixir to the I think her name was Zoe the girl she was playing and the character and then so with this elixir her yoni comes becomes you know alive talking. and starts talking <laughs> yeah just wow. talks to Zoe yeah <laughs> and it's really interesting and really funny um
2: I wonder what my yoni would say <laughs> oh my
3: god I have no idea but that's interesting to talk about and like uh this, is, this was really interesting because it shows you um, peer pressure. It shows you uh, funny, I don't know, like Tinder stories type of stuff. So also, she didn't only just act. There was like singing. Her voice is amazing. I was in love with her voice. Um, she controlled it really well. I mean, if she has any more shows in the future, I want to go. Okay, so Pretty Beast. This was by Kazuku Sano. And then, so she's a Japanese com- comedian who moved to the United States to become a comedian. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Anyways, so she is doing stand up um, about her life basically, how she came here, how she became a comedian. Um, from the time she was born. So um, her mom is schizophrenic. And then I'm guessing her dad was an alcoholic, something like that, because she did mention throughout the show how much um, his dad was drinking. And I mean, I don't know personally, from what I saw and hear um, in the show, uh, they weren't great parents, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, cool. Well, that's the truth because, I mean, she. So because this is a stand-up, of course there's a lot of laughing. But while she was telling parts of her story, it became really serious, and I was gonna cry. Like when she was talking about her mom not holding her ever in his, in her life until she was thirty something year old, like. She, Her mom never, yeah, her mom never hugged her until she was like 30, 30 something. And I was going to cry. And then, but like the next thing, the next second, she made us laugh. So that was really funny. Not like the funny parts were funny, but like, you know, anyways, um, one thing I want to say about this is that um, I feel like her delivery could be better because I felt like she forgot some stuff and then had to think about it in some parts. But um, I think it might be